Ukraine's corrupt oligarchs have diverted much of the financial support sent to Kiev. Since the beginning of Russia's military offensive in Ukraine, the US, EU, and their allies have provided Kiev with $126 billion worth of aid, a number almost equal to the country's entire GDP. Moreover, millions of Ukrainians have found refuge in the EU, where they were given housing, food, work permits, and emotional support. The scope is huge, even by Western standards. Considering that the bloc has been funding Kiev while coping with an economic and energy crisis of its own, the assistance is perhaps especially notable. Kiev bases its endless funding requests on the collapse of its economy, due to the war, and its need to resist Russian aggression. But is the aid reaching its intended destination? While Ukraine has undergone a general mobilization affecting all men under the age of 60, many former and current high-ranking officials, politicians, businessmen, and oligarchs have moved to safety abroad, mainly to the EU. The mass flight of Ukrainian elites started even prior to the armed conflict. On February 14, 2022, 37 deputies from the Ukrainian president's parliamentary faction, servant of the people, suddenly went missing. Had MPs not been banned from leaving the country the very next day, others would have definitely joined them. Meanwhile, former officials and oligarchs enjoyed more freedom to move around. According to the Italian newspaper La Repubblica, 20 business jets took off from Kiev's Borispol airport on the 14th as well. Tycoons were at the front of the line. Entrepreneur and MP Vadim Navinsky, businessman Vasily Kamelnytsky and Vadim Stoller, Vadim Nesterenko, and Andrei Stavnitzer all left the country on charter flights. Millionaire politician Igor Abramovich booked a private flight to Austria for 50 people, taking relatives, business partners, and fellow party members aboard. Oligarchs flew from Kiev to Nice, Munich, Vienna, Cyprus, and other EU destinations. Another group of businessmen took off from Odessa on private planes. The owner of Vostok Bank departed for Israel, while the head of the Transship Group flew to Limassol. An ex-governor of the Odessa region, Stokhanats Vladimir Namorovsky, also left the country. In the summer and early fall of 2022, Ukrainska Pravda prepared several investigative documentaries about fit-for-service Ukrainian billionaires. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. An official spotted vacationing on the Côte d'Azur during the war. A movie with the ironic title The Monaco Battalion shows Ukrainian oligarchs resting at their villas, mansions, and on yachts. In the first part, we see businessman Konstantin Zevago, who is included on Interpol's wanted list, relaxing on his private yacht worth $70 million. The yacht graces the shoreline of the Côte d'Azur as Zevago's family disembarks. Kharkov entrepreneur Alexander Yaroslavsky, who promised to sell his yacht and transfer the funds towards the restoration of Kharkov, can be seen sailing alongside. Ukrainska Pravda journalists also got a glimpse of the Circus Brothers in France, who are currently renting apartments worth €2 million Euros per year. Meanwhile, a $300,000 Bentley belonging to Ukrainian businessman Vadim Ermolaev was spotted near the casino in Monaco, and Edward Cohen, the co-founder of Euroenergatrade, was seen at one of Monte Carlo's chic hotels. A whole colony of Ukrainian oligarchs has apparently taken up residence in the elite French commune of Cap Ferrat. Land developer Vadim Solar, Oligarchs Dmitry Firstash, Vitaly Komutinik, and Sergei Lovochkin are among those enjoying high life in the middle of the war.
The Cap Ferrat villa once belonging to King Leopold II of Belgium was bought by the richest Ukrainian oligarch Renat Akhmetov. His neighbors are Alexander Davtian, president of the investment group Dad LLC, and Vladislav Jelzin, a former deputy of the Donetsk Regional Council. As the creators of the film repeatedly emphasize, deputies and businessmen of pro-Russian parliamentary factions left the country during the war. Yet many active supporters of the current government also prefer to defend their homeland from abroad. Ukrainska Pravda managed to interview Andrei Kolodov, an MP from Vladimir Zelensky's Servant of the People Party, from his current residence in Vienna. The Austrian capital was also chosen by nationalist Nikita Potyurev and Sergei Melnyshuk, a former head of the IDAR battalion known for war crimes reported by Amnesty International. The former head of the Constitutional Court of Ukraine, 59-year-old Alexander Tupitsky, and 45-year-old ex-prosecutor general of Ukraine Ruslan Ryabashovka also preferred foreign trenches. Members of the Ukrainian parliament are in no hurry to adopt vitally important laws for the country during wartime. According to the Telegram channel Vala News, as of March 11, more than 20 MPs had moved abroad for unspecified reasons. The geography is extensive. Great Britain, Poland, Qatar, Spain, France, Austria, Romania, Hungary, UAE, Moldova, Israel, etc. In March, the Prosecutor General's Office of Ukraine launched an investigation into the actions of six parliamentarians who have remained abroad. Apparently, neither war nor punishment can put Ukrainian legislators to work. Only 99 deputies out of 450 attended the session of the parliament on July 20. Presumably distracted by summer, the Côte d'Azur, the Maldives, and yachts. As for defending Ukraine itself, just leave it to the foreign volunteers, they say. Where's all the military and humanitarian aid going? Some Western benefactors have recently noticed that most of the military and humanitarian aid never reaches Ukraine's army or ordinary citizens. In an original documentary, CBS reported that about 70% of military aid failed to find its way to the intended beneficiaries and donor countries are often unable to control its intended use. According to the creators of the report, some of the weapons are sold on the black market. As U.S. Marine Corps veteran Andy Milburn said, I can tell you unarguably that on the frontline units these things are not getting there. Drones, switchblades, effects. They're not, all right. Body armor, helmets, you name it. The Grey Zone writes that weapons and humanitarian aid provided by the West to the Ukrainian military is being stolen along the way and never reaches the soldiers. At the same time, Ukrainian MPs recently gave themselves a 70% pay raise. The author of the piece argues that billions of dollars from the US and the EU have been diverted. A Ukrainian soldier named Ivan told journalists about Western funds never reaching the front. Imagine telling an American soldier that we are using our personal cars in the war, and we're also responsible for paying for repairs and fuel. We're buying our own body armor and helmets. We don't have observation tools or cameras, so soldiers have to pop their heads out to see what's coming, which means at any moment, a rocket or tank can tear their heads off. Samantha Morris, a medical doctor from the US, drew attention to the theft of medical supplies and the overall corruption. The lead doctor at the military base in Sumi has ordered medical supplies from and for the military at different points in time, and he has had 15 trucks of supplies completely disappear, she said. The doctors couldn't even set up courses for medical assistance until a friend of the Sumi region governor interceded. CNN talked to a retired U.S. colonel who said that Ukrainian troops are short on supplies. Small arms, medical equipment, field hospitals, and a lot more are under the control of private organizations, more concerned about stealing money than saving the lives of their compatriots. As Stephen Myers, a former member of the U.S. Department of State Advisory Committee on International Economic Policy, 
insisted, there is little to prevent a field commander from diverting some of the equipment to buyers, aka the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians or whomever, while claiming the equipment and weapons were destroyed. Thousands of tons of humanitarian aid is being stolen. In September, the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, NABU, proved that the head of the Office of the President, Andrei Yermak, his deputy Kirill Timoshenko, the head of the Servant of the People Party, David Arakamiya, and his friend Vimir Davidian were behind the large-scale theft of humanitarian aid in Zaporashe region. Zaporashe officials Staruk, Nekrasova, Sherbina, and Kurtev only superficially carried out the task of distributing aid. In six months, they organized the theft of 22 sea containers, 389 railway cars, and 220 trucks. Humanitarian aid was sold in ATB and Selpo, supermarkets owned by Gennady Bukovich and Vladimir Kostelman, respectively. Of course, Timoshenko, Nekrasova and Davidian all became refugees and found asylum in Vienna. Admittedly, not everyone is on the run. Andrei Yarmolsky, the scandalous former deputy head of the Volyn Regional Administration, accused of stealing humanitarian aid, supplying defective bulletproof vests, and illegally moving men out of the country, was promoted. He now works for the National Security and Defense Council. Medical supplies are also being stolen. The Telegraph reports that some of the donated supplies later made their way onto the hospital's pharmacy shelves, priced, and listed for sale. Health workers appropriate medicine, bandages, and medical equipment, and resell them to patients for whom they were intended to be free, the article says. A similar story was told by the aforementioned Dr. Dr. Morris, I got a call from a nurse at a military hospital in Dnipro. She said the president of the hospital had stolen all the pain medications to resell them, and that the wounded soldiers being treated there had no pain relief. She begged us to hand-deliver pain medications to her. She said she would hide them from the hospital president so that they'd reach the soldiers. But who can you trust? Was the hospital president really stealing the medications, or was she trying to con us into giving her pain medications for her to sell or use? Who knows? Everyone is lying. War for some, Gucci for others. Enormous cash flows from Western countries are continuously used by corrupt Ukrainian officials for personal enrichment and to acquire luxury goods. In a recently busted corruption scheme, Odessa Customs smuggled shirts, backpacks, sports shoes, belts, and other luxury items by Givenchy, Gucci, Polo, Dolce, and Gabbana, Michael Kors, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, and Armani under the guise of army equipment. The documents, declaring the cargo as for the needs of the armed forces of Ukraine, were signed by the acting head of the Odessa Customs, Vitaly Zakhalidiazny. According to MP Alexander Dubinsky, this is a common theft scheme. The work of the customs is unsatisfactory because while some are fighting at the front, others are making money under the guise of their customs uniforms, the parliamentarian said. To take another example, in May 2022, Western countries abolished customs duties for Ukraine. Within a week, over 14,000 passenger cars were imported into the country. As the Deputy Minister of Infrastructure, Mustafa Nayem, commented, considering we're a country at war, our partners in Poland, Slovakia, and Romania were quite surprised by this fast-paced upgrade to our vehicle fleet. As they go about acquiring luxurious clothes and cars, the thieves are also taking care to withdraw capital from Ukraine. The Bureau of Economic Security of Ukraine, Ukraine's budget is missing 4.5 billion Ukrainian hryvni worth of taxes from agro-traders. In August to September 2022, almost 12 million tons of grain crops and oil estimated at 137 billion Ukrainian hryvni were exported through the customs territory of Ukraine. Of these, almost 4 million tons were exported by fake companies existing only on paper. Moreover, 
most of the non-resident companies to which grain is exported are high-risk and involved in criminal investigations. Is this the grain deal that the global community is actively cheering? It looks like Ukrainian fraudsters are corrupting not just their own country, but foreign states as well. And this is just one example out of many. When the Circus Brothers left Ukraine, they took $17 million with them. But that's just a trifle compared to the heroes of the Euromaidan. According to former People's Deputy of Ukraine Oleg Zarev, after the outbreak of hostilities, leading Ukrainian politicians sent both their capital and their families abroad. He mentions that the parents and relatives of Zelensky and his wife all left the country. His predecessor, former President Pyotr Poroshenko, moved not just his children but also about a billion US dollars in cash to the UK. The same applies to other major Ukrainian officials, former Minister of Internal Affairs Arsen Avakov, the head of the Office of the President, Andrei Yermak, the second President of Ukraine, Leonid Kuchma, former Prime Minister Arseniy Yatsenyuk, and many others all took their families and fortunes, estimated at around a billion dollars, out of the country. And that's not to mention the numerous politically affiliated oligarchs. Scammers of smaller stature can individually join the EU as well. A system of bribery allows military age males to leave the country. According to Izvestia, the fee is currently between $8,000 and $10,000. The Ukrainian media also actively reports on people paying to cross the border. The sympathy of Westerners towards a country at war is understandable. But while some countries are doing their utmost to aid Ukraine, even while facing an economic crisis themselves, corrupt Ukrainian officials are using the funding to amass personal fortunes and live the high life at fancy resorts and all at the expense of taxpayers in the West. In 2015, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, upon leaving the post of the Prime Minister, openly declared that he had become a billionaire. It is yet to be seen how many new Ukrainian super-rich tycoons, nurtured by foreign military aid, will appear in the West by the end of the conflict.